Yes, I am. It's awesome. Yes, I am. Can you say that with me? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I know I believe that with all my heart. And boy, is that great to be reminded that I am a child of God. Oh, my word. You know, when you go through life and all these things happen, and you just, sometimes you doubt, like Deanna said earlier, you just doubt yourself, and you, you go through these things, but man, at the end of the day, when you realize that God knows you, he sees you, he loves you, and you are a child of his, oh my goodness, it just flips the perspective around, doesn't it? I'm so glad to be able to kick off this new series, and as you see behind me, it's called The Good Life, and you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but the reason why we are bringing this up today is because, just like that song says, I know who you say I am, on Mondays though, when we're not like around everyone who's agreeing with us and cheering us on, sometimes it's a little harder to recognize those things, right? You know, when the bills are piling up on the table and you're not sure how you're going to pay them, is it, is it naturally the first thing that comes to your mind is, oh, but I'm a child of God. I hope it is, but not always is that the case, right? Or, or you have a child that's gone off on a way that maybe you wouldn't have preferred. Uh, maybe they're, they're lost and they just, they've gone AWOL and you just wish that they could be back home and, and you wonder like, man, do I really feel like a child of God? Well, I'm here to tell you that our God is the most generous God. And he's the most generous, and he has set the example for generosity. And through his love and through his creation and through his gifts, he shows us what, it like, what it's like to be truly generous people. In fact, uh, the front of your message notes cover has this verse, Matthew 5:48, and I just want to read it real quick. We'll come back to it. Oh, I love this so much. It says, live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. You see, he's already set the example. Live generously, live graciously. These are my desires for you. So the good life, what do you think of it? Like, what does it mean to you to have the good life? You know what it is for me? Oh, man, sitting on the beach, ah, warm weather, soaking up the rays, Oh my goodness, uh, putting some shades on a loud Hawaiian shirt, you know, <laughs> and, and just, man, that's a good life. Maybe for you, it's being around your family, and you wish you could be more around your family, and you wish you had more time to be around your family, and when you're around your family, it just brings you such life, and boy, does that feel like the good life. You know, for some of you, and sometimes it's hard to relate to this, but maybe work. You just love work, right? Yeah. And, and that, when you're working, you feel fulfilled and you feel like you're accomplishing something and it just feels like you're living the good life. Well, what is the good life? And what does God want us to know from this? Well, that's what we're diving into this series over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about the good life. And we're going to be talking about that it revolves around this whole idea that God is the author of generosity that God is the author of generosity. I know the first thing you think of when you hear generosity is what? Anyone? What? Money. Yeah. Lock the doors, ushers. We're talking about money today. No, no, no. I'm just joking. We're not talking about money. You know why? Because generosity is way more than that. It's an attitude. It's a heart, right? What's, what's some ways you can be generous? What's another way? Anyone? Helping others. Yeah, with your time. Exactly. Maybe your talents, your gifts. You know, using those to help others, that's being generous. That's having a generous spirit. I, I don't know. I think over the last two services, there was a consensus that we feel like 
in today's day and age, we feel like the, the generations to come, do you feel this way? Do you feel like the last two services, a majority of people felt like are losing the spirit of generosity or kind of losing the way of generosity? Do you feel that way? Anyone else feel that way? Well, I'm here to tell you in the spirit of all the Gen Zers and Xers in this room that I don't think it's lost. I don't. I really don't. I don't think it's lost. In fact, there's a resurgence of this whole idea of generosity, but in a whole different way. And if you spend any time on social media, like I do, like uh, it's a blessing and a curse, right? We, all, we can all agree on that one. But there's a lot of good that can come from it. And there's this trend of people just do, doing random acts of kindness for strangers. This isn't a Christian thing. This isn't a spiritual thing we're talking about. We're just talking about random people trying because they know that other folks love to see acts of generosity. In fact, I want to share this reel with you. I came across this past week um, from Facebook or TikTok. Can't remember which one, but here it goes. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Did you already Isn't that how it is, though? Like, if you experience generosity, don't you kind of, you just want to pay it forward, right? It's contagious. Let me tell you, it's contagious. Whether you're giving your time to help someone or you're, you're sharing your talents or, or in this case, this guy blessed her with money. And, and, and then when she tried to pay it forward, he was just like, okay, I'm going to give more. You know, it kind of reminds me of the time I was in a, you may have been here too. Maybe you were in the same line and drive through at McDonald's or Starbucks where someone starts like a pay it forward thing. Has anyone ever been a part of that? No, just me. I, I admit I'm ashamed I didn't start it, but I was in the middle of it. And I remember, you know, someone will pay for the car behind them. They're like, I'll take the care of the persons behind them. And then that person will take care of the person. And they're like, oh, well, I want to take care of the persons behind me. And you're just hoping that you don't get stuck with like the $100 bill for the family of six. <laughs> like my family is not cheap at McDonald's, let me tell you. So, uh, but in any way, it's just, you just want to pay it. You just want to keep passing it on. There's something about generosity God has wired us for. And you know why? Because he's a God of generosity. He's the most generous God. Like the whole thing, the, the earth and the fullness thereof, the word of God says is his. He's created this world for us to live in perfectly habitable, everything about it designed for you and to meet your needs. That's a generous God. But oftentimes, just like in scripture, we read over and over again, this great host, the one who, who creates this incredible uh, experience for us to live in, you, know, you get used to it after a while, right? And then you start thinking about like the scarcity of things and you start focusing on that side, like, like oh, there's not enough and, and I don't know how I'm going to get my needs met. And then all of a sudden, someone's trying to uh, put themselves before someone else. And in some very extreme cases, violence can break out over this stuff. Well, what God is saying is, listen, don't have a mindset of scarcity, have a mindset of generosity because that's what I'm giving to you. That's who I am. I'm a generous God and I want you to have the same thing. And so what I wanted to look at today is 
after we talk about a couple notable people of generosity, is just because God is the author of generosity, what does that mean for us? What can we learn from God in this area? And what does it mean in, in every area of our lives? So, but first, I, I want to talk about, um, there's, there's another content creator, and he has over 100 million YouTube subscribers, I think the fifth largest in the world, and he has built his whole platform on giving and giving away and being a philanthropist and, and all these things. And in fact, there was a video that he posted uh, just yesterday, we're not talking about years ago, just yesterday where he saw that there was a need. He saw that he, he learned that there were over 200 million people that suffer from blindness in the world today. And over half of those people, 100 million, listen to this, 100 million people, their eyesight could be restored within 10 minutes with surgery. Because most people who have blindness uh, probably have cataracts, right? And so if that was a need that could be met with a 10-minute surgery, Jimmy Donaldson said, I want to be a part of that. And so he donated enough to be able to uh, partner with an optometrist and others around the world and said, I want to... Uh, help a thousand people receive their sight again. And so you see through this video, different people from around the world, uh, they're having surgery and in, in the cataract surgery and it's showing the process and all that. And, and they remove their bandages and they can see again and just how grateful they are. And, uh, there's, just, there's just a blessing of generosity. And, and he doesn't just end there. And then you not, only, not only are you gonna be able to see again, but here's $10,000, you know, or, or you haven't driven in a while because you had cataracts, so here's a brand new car. You know, it, it's just amazing because he's such a generous person, and he's only 24 years old. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Now, some of you may know this. When I said Jimmy Donaldson, who are you thinking of? Do you know his name? Mr. Beast. Mr. B6000. Uh, Brianna would be so proud of me right now. So anyway, uh, Mr. Beast. And so this is a picture of him and always giving away stuff. You know, lots of fun videos, but really the heart of it. And in his bio, he says this, when I die, I want to have left the world a better place. And that's his mission. That's his life goal. And so if that's Mr. Beast's life goal, what should ours be, right? Like, and believe me, you don't have to have a lot of money to be a generous person, right? You don't. That's because we established earlier it's not just about that, right? And so let's look and let's dive in and see what being generous is all about because there are other ways. There are other ways. And you've experienced it just like I have. In fact, this week when the snow came, the big snow, uh, you know, I was planning on going out. I really was to go shovel at the end of the snow. Like I didn't want to do it during the snow, so I wanted to wait till the end and hoping in a miracle that it wouldn't be there for some reason. But I don't have a snowblower. So, but I started hearing these noises outside, and I remember saying to Deanna, what's going on out there? Neighbors from down the street were shoveling our driveway. Now, we're perfectly capable to do that. We didn't have a need, but just out of the kindness and generosity of their hearts, they were doing, uh, and we know them, but they were doing like every house on the street. And that was so cool. You know, th th there wasn't a need per se, but they just did it to be generous. So you know what I'm saying. You've been on the receiving end. You've been on the giving end, no doubt, of generosity. We benefit from it every week here. This team on the stage has just led us in music and led us in worship. Like, they give of their time. The, the team that came, when you came in, that welcomed you and greeted you warmly and shared the love of Christ with you, they're giving their time. They're being generous with their time. And so there's many ways to be generous. But let's look and let's see how God leads this example. You know, first of all, James 1.17 says, that every good gift comes 
from God. He, as we establish, He's given us all we need. The planet we live on makes that plain. Everything works perfectly for us to have air to breathe, water to drink, and food to eat. Springtime and harvest seems to miraculously follow, just like it should every year. God, He generously gives us all these things. And so He wants us to learn from Him. If He's created you and I in His image, He wants us to learn from his generosity. He wants us to experience his generosity. And so God, you see, he adds value to whoever and whatever's around him. And I think we know, we kind of get a small picture of that. We know the people in our lives that, that add value, and we know that subtract value, right? And we want to be people who add value. At least we should want to be people who add value. So the first thing we can learn from God's generosity is that it teaches us to lean into the yes, because it's so easy to say no. It really is. Now, there may be legit reasons to say no, but many times we say no because we don't feel adequate. Maybe we have a gift or a talent, and we're, and we're not using it, we, but we don't feel adequate. We're like, I don't know, you know, no, I don't think so. Or maybe you're just a really busy person, right? <laughs> Lots of people are busy these days, and you just don't have the time to give, and you say no because of that, or, or, or you're, I don't have much to give, you know, out of my pocket. Um, even though you could give a little bit, but you feel somehow that that's not enough, that that's inadequate. Well, let me share with you that uh, God is, he's wanting us to lean into the yes. So instead of immediately saying no, pray about it and say, okay, God, how can I say yes and how can you equip me to say yes? First Timothy 6.17 says, tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money. Well, that's kind of on the nose, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Instead, tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that really is truly life. Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Paul says, summing it up all, friends, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are what? True, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Focus on the best, not the worst. Focus on the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I love that. Like, God wants the best for you. He wants you to live this abundant life that he's talked about. Abundant doesn't mean easy Abundant doesn't mean there's not storms. <laughs> Abundant doesn't mean there's not heartache. But what God is saying is, through all that, I'll walk with you. Through all that, I'm here for you. I see you, and I'm with you. And I would much, better, I would much rather go through a storm with God, uh, trusting in Him, than without Him, for sure. And so, uh, you know, what I love is uh, John Maxwell, one of my favorite authors on leadership, it says this, your success is more greatly to be determined by how you think than anything else in your life. Now, if you're saying that sounds like new age guru, well, let me tell you, it's kind of familiar. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it does matter. It does matter our perspective. It does matter how, what we focus on. It does matter what we, we give ourselves to. It doesn't matter the perspective that we have. Because as we think in our heart, it becomes who we are. And so let's think on the positive. Let's be generous people. Instead of saying no, say yes, you can. Let that be your motto 
when you get up, okay? And pray and discern God's will through that decision. Number two, God's generosity teaches us to continually sow seeds. We love to be the one with the sickle harvesting, right? We love to hold that sickle. We love to get the reward, right? That's, that's fun. That's the best part. What's the hardest part? Sowing the seeds <laughs> over and over again. Things not working out. Sowing those seeds. That's hard, but you have to sow the seeds, right, in order to get the harvest. And so we have to continually sow seeds. And this is the perspective I would encourage you to have. Don't evaluate the harvest in your life by what you reap. In other words, what's in it for me? But by the seeds you sow, that would be like what's in it for others. Let that be your focus. Think about adding value, being a plus, right? Add value, give, live generously, serve, go, grow. So ask yourself the question, in my own life, do I get caught up in being interested in raising my standard of living or am I interested in raising my standard of giving, giving my time, giving my talents? Number three, God's generosity teaches us to grow in our faith. I mean, it's a natural part of the process. When we follow God and we follow his word, we're growing deeper and deeper in a relationship with him. We're understanding what he's about. And I'm going to kind of jump in the middle here for time, but it, it says um, the day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole, right? That day's coming. I know how great this makes you feel. Even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Can I get an amen? <laughs> There's a lot of aggravation going through life. It's okay to admit that. But pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out proved genuine. You see, when Jesus wraps all this up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. I love that. And he goes on to say, you never saw him, Jesus, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and just earlier singing, right? Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking for to total salvation. You'll grow in your faith when you realize that God teaches us to live generously and you want to follow in that path. Number four, God's generosity teaches us that by also being generous, what happens? We attract other people to God. Just like that story earlier where, where the, the, the guy's giving the girl the money for gas and, you know, she's emotional about it and she goes on and pays it forward, right? Well, there's something about that act of generosity that just keeps uh, breeding more generosity. And uh, what we see in Matthew 5.14 is Jesus says, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. When you let your light shine bright, when you live a life of generosity and giving of your time and talents and treasure, you are a light on a hill that people will see and they'll want to be, understand what makes you tick. They'll want to make sure they want to, want to be more like that. They're going to want to know who God is if you live your life in that way. I want to live, you know, Mr. Beast said this. What did he say? Uh, I want to live my life in a way that by the time I die, that I've, I've made the world a better place. That's his mission. Well, mine is kind of like, I want to live a positive and generous life so that it makes others desire God. It attracts other people to God. And let me tell you, I've got a long way to go. <laughs> I'm not the most generous person. I have selfish streaks. Come on. Am I the only one in this room? Like, I do with my time. You know, just last night, my daughter was asking me something. I was just like, I can't think about that right now. I shut her down. I said, no. You know, I wasn't being generous with my time, even though I had a lot on my mind. But, like, I was just like, you know, 
Be generous with your time. Think about those moments where you can do that and say yes. And believe me, it will draw people to God. Number five, God's generosity shows us that we will receive more than we can ever imagine. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. So the question is, do you want your world to get smaller? Be stingy. If you want your world to get larger, be generous. You see, a generous person doesn't keep score. You don't give to live. You're living to give. All of us, each one of us, passing through life, every one of us, we're going to leave something and take something. So I think the idea is let's leave more than we take, right? That's the focus. That's the idea. Number six, God's generosity teaches us to live out our God-created identity. Now, we've said we're creating the image of God, and that's why we have this core desire to be generous. There's something inside us that's, that's moved when we see acts of generosity, and we want to be a part of it. You know, uh, there's a reason for that because we're made in God's image. And that's where we go back to this verse. Matthew 5, 48, where God laid the example. He put it out there, and he says, live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. You see, generosity leads to gratitude, but it's like a circle. Gratitude also leads to generosity. You see how that works? When you have a heart and attitude of gratitude, you experience generosity. When, you, when you're generous, your, your gratitude and heart of gratitude is going to grow. That's the way it works. And if you're looking for peace, if you're having a hard time being content, may I say that a heart of gratitude leads to contentment. It leads to peace. So start there. If you're like, well, where do I begin? <laughs> where do I begin tomorrow? Well, start there. Start with a heart of gratitude and see what God grows from there. Lean into the yes. Look for ways to help. I mean, it could be just this week. Maybe you haven't had a chance to be a part of the focus on the four and you just go grab a dollar pair of flip-flops. That's being generous and being a part of that movement. You know, maybe you just start there. A small step would be great. You know, find a way to help someone else. Have that conversation with someone that need someone to talk to or, or whatever it may be. Look for ways to be generous. But with the heart of not just doing it to do it, but because God first did it for you and for me. That's the most important thing. He's the author of generosity. He's the author of, of giving. He's the author of it all. And we have so much to be grateful for. The song that they're playing behind me right now is, is a great song that is a picture of this. And I just want them, I want the team to play and I want you to listen. I want each word to pierce your heart and think about it. This song is called Gratitude. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, Bree. So where do you start? Sometimes we just don't have the words to say, right? Sometimes I just throw up my hands. So I don't know what to do. 
I don't have the words in my mouth, and so I just say hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, God, for your generosity. Thank you. I just have a heart of gratitude. And you'll be surprised what God will take from that seed and grow. Gratitude. Grow into generosity. Generosity back into gratitude again. To show you the power of what a small act can do, I want to share this story. There was a man who was in line at a grocery store and he noticed that the couple in front of him were having trouble paying for their bill, their grocery bill. And he just felt led to like take out some money, right? And he leaned in front and, and he kind of tapped the person on the side and said, please don't turn around, but I want to give you some money to help. And it's not important who I am, but just take this. And they graciously did. And he said, oh, and by the way, I want you to know that God sees you. He loves you. And you could tell that the couple were a little emotional as they gathered their groceries and left. You see, what the man didn't know was that this couple was gathering enough for a last meal because they were at the end of their rope, lost their jobs, lost uh, their home, everything. And they, they just didn't have hope. They didn't know where to turn next. And so their plan, they had a plan to go somewhere and end their lives that day. And as they left this grocery store to head there, they saw a sign that said, Jesus loves you. And they were just like, we just couldn't go through with it. We couldn't go through it. They were reminded of what just happened. And they're like, does God really see us? Does he really see me? Does he understand what I'm going through? And yes. And that week they saw a sign on a church that said, Jesus loves you. They're like, okay, we got to go. We got to go to church. So they went to the church and met Jesus. <laughs> Gloriously received salvation, new life, they saw what it was all about. Would you believe this, that the person, the pastor on the platform that was given the message that day was the same person that had handed them that money in the back of the line. They never saw each other's faces, but he recognized his voice. And he came up to me and he says, because of you, it's because of your act of generosity that my family is alive today, including my son. Just from that small act. And you know, yeah, amen, praise God. It wasn't about the money, right? It was the act of giving hope, of taking just a moment to share someone that God loves them. And they see them had an incredible impact and turned around their life. And there's one more story. I, I got to share this one. You'll see. There once was a father who loved his children, but you know what? As in cases are sometimes... They didn't love him in return. One after another, they left their father's house vowing never to return. Finally, the father and his, and his, his wife gave birth to a son who reciprocated that love. This son honored, respected, and obeyed his father. The father was thrilled, but you know what? He still mourned over his other children that had gone away so and rejected him really and he came up with a plan and it was a risky one and I got to say not very logical he says I'm going to give up the son that loves me to make room in my house for those other children that don't and I'm hoping by them seeing this sacrifice 
that they'll come home. You may recognize a story or one similar to it in the book of John 3.16. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. Set no one need to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. You see, God didn't go through all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it is. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him, any one of us, any one of you, is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long been under the sentence of death without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind son of God when introduced to him. I, I feel like no list of extraordinary giving stories is complete without telling this one. I hope you agree. You know, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And my hope, our hope here today is that you experience this blessedness that Jesus promises. You see, if we all took little steps of living in extravagant generosity, whatever that means for each of us, and just one little small thing at a time, do you realize that the landscape of America would be radically different. It would change for the better if we just all bought into this together. Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and who waters will himself be watered. So why, why, why does God tell us to give? Well, the more generous you become, the more you're becoming who God made you to be. Give to look more like God. And it's true. I think most of us could agree in this room today. This is a very generous church. Very generous. Very generous. But being generous changes you. It does. In whatever way. Time, talents, treasures. And we'll be going into that a little more throughout this series and towards the end, uh, dealing with the financial side of it. But you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited to explore this whole heart of generosity of God through this series. I hope you'll come back as as each teacher has a unique perspective uh, to share with you. And in fact, if you are looking for a way to grow, I know today we weren't dealing so much with finances, but you're looking for a way to grow in that area, or maybe you're just like, man, I just wish I had a plan. <laughs> we are offering a class starting in March called Financial Peace University. And you may have heard of it. Very effective. We've had it here in the church before, but it's been a few years that every single time we see God do great and mighty things in people's lives. And, and so if you're interested in coming, you can kind of scan that QR code and register for the class that begins on March 13th. Or if you're not sure, come to a preview. We're going to have a March 6th, Monday night, March 6th at 630 right here. You can experience what it would be like to take the financial peace and radical. What does God say about money? What does God say about generosity? And how can that, how can you put a plan in place in your life to put you in a place where you never thought you could be? I'm telling you, it's God's word. He has a lot to say about it. And so we're going to study that in March. And so if you're interested, you can get a head start and uh, come and sign up or come to that preview on March 6th. If you have any more questions, just put FPU on your connection card. And if you've given your life to Christ or you're interested in starting that journey like we read in John 3, 16 through 18, I encourage you to write that down as well. And on your way out, our ushers are in the back. They have baskets. You could put your communication cards in there, your tithes and offerings if you'd like back there as well. 
and let us let us pray with you along your journey or come see one of us vip desk or our staff or our worship team we'll pray for you too uh we're excited to help you on that journey hey i'm excited to see where god brings us in the next six weeks through the good life finding out what it's really all about god bless you hey i want to ask uh dylan can we sing a little bit of that song again i love this one man this is great gratitude let's have it <laughs>